You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Getting Born. Go to Genesis chapter 3. The universe is created, man and woman created, Adam and Eve. They sin, and it's all coming apart, except that there was a plan. And there is a verse here in Genesis 3.15, and God says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Seed comes up. Whose seed is this? And by the way, there's something very simple, and I'm going to use these terms so that no one gets upset with me, but no child is ever born without seed. You say, well, duh. Well, yeah, duh. A seed has to be planted, so don't go planting seeds where you don't want babies. Oh, we're just having a little fun. Then factor in the fun, the responsibility of what comes out of planting seed. Well, but I I made provisions for that. I have family planning. I have a place I can go and terminate the problem, except that this problem you're terminating happens to be a person. So seed, remember that. Go to John chapter 3. And by the way, that whole verse is a proto-evangelium, the first gospel. That's the first place the gospel is mentioned about her seed, and ultimately that would be Christ. John chapter 3. Now, this is very familiar to some. I've read it a number of times along the way. John chapter 3, let's jump in at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things, these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, why is it such a big statement? You're talking about getting born physically, okay? So this is where we're going to go. To be born physically, seed has to be planted. The same thing is true about a spiritual birth. Seed has to be planted or there is no birth. You say, well, what is that seed? I'll get to that in a minute. Now, you think if Jesus comes out with something like this, that you have to be born a second time in the same way that you have to be born physically, getting born is a challenge for a lot of babies, but they get born, that's how you get into this world. You get outside of a woman's body, you're living, breathing, in the outside, you have been born. The only way you see this reality is physical birth. The only way you see spiritual reality is spiritual birth. Now you say, well, is it that clear cut? Do you see things that if you're, let's say you're not a Christian and I am. Are you saying you're better than me? I'm not saying I'm better than you. I just can see things you can't see. And you say, what do you mean, like physically? No. I know people who have seen angels. And biblically, that's no weird thing. It says to be careful because you might be entertaining angels without being aware. 
So it's no big deal to see an angel. I don't know. I've, none of them have said, hey, I'm an angel. Just, you know, hi, how are you? You know, probably seen them and don't know it, but I have friends, family who have seen legion angels. I have no reason to doubt that. But there are things that you cannot see in the physical world unless you have been born on top of that spiritually. And they're not going to make sense. Clearly, something big is being discussed here. In fact, something very simple that everybody can understand, you've got to be born again, or Jesus wouldn't have come out with it in chapter 3 so early in his ministry with a religious ruler who's talking about spiritual things. And he just out of the chute tells Nicodemus, a ruler, one of the big guys, dude, you can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born a second time. Keep reading. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, physical birth, and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, so don't be surprised, Nicodemus. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So in a gathering like this, where people are physically in this room or listening beyond here all over the planet, you say, well, how do you know who's going to become a Christian and be born or not? It's like the wind that blows, you don't know. But I will tell you this, if you feel a breeze, you better catch a breeze. If the Holy Spirit blows by you, near you, and you say, that I cannot explain, that is out of my body, that is something I have never experienced, I have not seen, I don't know what's going on, but I sense something supernatural going on around me, and it's not evil, it's God trying to help me, you better catch a breeze. You better respond to that, because that is him trying to help give birth to you, get you born the second time. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Like, I don't get it. Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So people say, well, Christians are against non-Christians and you're trying to ruin our lives and tell us we're all going to hell. It's a fact, if you've only been born once, that you'll end up separated from God. You say, well, that must be what God wants. No, that's what you want. Well, I didn't make that decision. Then change the decision. Well, how do I do that? I'll give you a chance in just a second. You say, I don't want to go to hell. Then don't. Every once in a while I'll say, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go to heaven with you people. I want to be in hell with my friends. Well, that's already been arranged. <laughs> Unless something changes. But who in their right mind that has given any thought to a real hell, just being separated from God is catastrophic. Who would want that? That's what you're going to pick. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, 
that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. See, if you got nothing to hide, you have any problem with light. You got something to hide, you like it dark. So you're gonna keep it dark, stay around dark people where things are dark. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So what is the enemy trying to do? Satan, what's his plan? If the answer is to be born a second time, this is very elementary, I know, it is impossible to get born a second time if you can't even get born the first time. So you say, well, you're trying to get us born. Well, if you're listening, you got born the first time. But some of this is about helping people who have no voice get born the first time. And maybe somebody says, well, why do you get all wound up about this? I'm not God, but I'm just thinking. If I'm sitting up there on my throne and I look down and there's a country that is solving their inconvenient problems by killing unborn children, I think we're gonna have a problem. Because now we live in a death culture, not a pro-life culture, a pro-death culture. I got a call from a lady who listens in California, called her back and she said, would you please call my friend? There's a bunch of us that listen in California. Would you call my friend? I said, absolutely. I called her number. She had just gotten a text from her friend. It's not a robo call out of Dallas, answer your phone. She answers the phone and her deal was that her son, her young son, teenage son, had committed suicide in front of her. And she's a believer, and so we talked. Now you say, well, where does that come from? Let me tell you where it doesn't come from. It does not come from heaven. It does not come from God Almighty. It does not come from the Holy Spirit. It does not come from Jesus. It doesn't come from anywhere associated with them and that. Suicide comes straight from hell. And I asked this woman, I said, are you going to kill yourself? She said, no. I said, okay, either because you're afraid to or you don't think that's the answer. She said, I've thought about it. I can't kill myself. I said, okay, you've really got a problem now because now you've got to live. And how are you going to live with what you saw and experienced that will never go away? How are you going to live? And what is this about? And why would God allow it? See, this isn't all fun and games. This is life and death. And the enemy, we'll read this in a minute, is about destruction. Hell is about destruction. Hell is about death, about stealing everything you have. I know a guy, happily married, tremendous couple, off on a trip recently at some reception with the business people he was with. And some younger girl comes up and basically, here we go. And he has a decision to make. Either have a little fun with this young girl and blow his whole life up or go to his room and come home. You say, well, that's just a young girl trying to have fun or picking out some married guy. Whatever her motivation is, let me tell you something. That is evil. You say, no, 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 she was just flirting. Where do you think all that comes from? You say, well, I don't like being described as evil. Then don't be evil. Leave married men alone. Leave women alone in general if you're married. Just because you can get away with something doesn't make it right. To the point of abortion. Well, I got away with it. I used to think that all women who had abortions were all distraught and terrible, felt terrible later. I've since discovered that's not true. 
that means nothing sometimes. But for some women, it's catastrophic. And then they need hope. They need healing. They need answers. Will God ever forgive me for this? And sometimes women can't even go there thinking about what they've done because they don't know there's an option of forgiveness. So why would I even go there if there's no hope for me? I got to keep saying what I've been saying. See, if you think the devil is just kind of your buddy, then pray to him. People do. Actually, they do. You know, before you go out on Friday night, say, well, Satan, you know, I'm about to go out here. I mean to have some fun tonight, and I really could use your help. Send evil people my way. I'm looking for all the loose girls, all the crazies. Surround me with evil women. And then you wonder why your life's jacked up. You say, well, I didn't pray that. It's just the default. That's the flesh. That's where you just end up. Let me read you this again. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and Jesus is that light. And men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. It's always fascinating. When somebody's done with evil, they run to the light. Nothing to hide anymore. And God, if I miss something, let the light shine and show me what I missed. I want all this evil gone. I want you. I want life. I don't just want to exist. All right, go over to John chapter 10. Some of you can quote it, one of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture to me. And I understand there are people beyond here, maybe still listening. Some have turned it off. I get that. And some people in the room going, man, when will this ever end? This guy's nuts. Just do yourself a favor, not me a favor, yourself. Just keep listening. Because the day may come when you run all your traps that you may need a way back. Not to us to hear, but to him. Because his way does not work. The enemy's way does not work. John chapter 10, verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief, on the other side of the equation, the thief, in other words, Satan, the enemy, the thief does not come except what? Only reasons. Steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, you have to pick a plan. You say, well, I'm just going to sit on the fence. The devil owns the fence. And he's like, fine, sit on the fence. Because when you come off the fence, you pick a lane, you're in. And see, you can't acknowledge these things are true if you're not done being evil. Are you willing to say, okay, I'm out? Or are you just hell-bent on being hell-bent? I'm going to do what I want to do. And the truth is, I thought about this again a few days ago. The truth of the matter really is you can do whatever you want to do. That's a fact. I could go buy a gun. I could take that gun, walk into a grocery store, and just start killing people. I could do that. Now, I can't do that, but I could do that. But there's going to be consequence. I can drive as fast as I want to drive on the toll road. But you know what? If I have a wreck and am killed or I get pulled over and get a ticket, you can't be screaming at somebody over your consequence. Ah, why did this happen to me? Because you're an idiot. <laughs> why is it just almost impossible to say, not my will, your will be done? Because then we got to start saying no to that old person, or if you're not a Christian, to the dead person. And you can't say no to the dead person because they're going to do what they want to do. Look what Jesus says. I am come that they may have life. Okay, so you get born spiritually, you have spiritual life. But he didn't stop there. 
and that they may have it more abundantly, or it can be translated to the full. So what is God after in your life? He is not just pro-second birth. He is pro-abundant life and all that that entails and all the blessings that are in spiritual places in Christ Jesus, he wants for you. So it is not just about us dropping seed and putting the gospel out there. Why are we so big on discipleship and trying to get people who can be raised up literally like children being raised as adults to then take somebody else on and disciple them and raise them up so that it's not just about being born again. It's about living the way you're supposed to live, the life that he intended. And even on that, by the way, we get pushed back. If I said, how many have been here over 10 years? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. If you've ever discipled anybody, you'd be amazed how many hands go down because they just bullet, just stiff arm. I don't have to do that. And how's that working out for you or us? Oh, I'm all about evangelism. I'm all about evangelism too. I'm about raising children. Pro-birth, pro-life, so that when you're gone, you leave something in place that works and everybody knows what to do. They pass on what they got. Go to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, verse one. Very simple statements. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. So what did he do? He made you alive. Why would he have to make you alive unless you were dead? He made you alive because you were dead. How were you dead? In your trespasses and sins. The scripture says the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not about looking alive. It's about being alive. I was raised to look alive. Became a Christian at six and then taught how to look alive. Look alive, dude. Look alive. Act like a Christian instead of it being like rivers of living water, like a fountain coming out of my innermost being. I love it when I meet somebody, they don't have to say a word. I know they're alive because they look alive. They are alive. Joy, peace, all the stuff the world's looking for. They're not running back to the darkness. They're running, to, they live in the light. James chapter one, keep going right. James chapter one, verse 16. Now, this is written specifically to Christians, but look at this. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth. If you got a King James Version, it says begat. This word about conceiving, of his own will, he brought us forth or begat us by what? By the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So what happens to you is not short of miraculous. It just is miraculous. I use this illustration with people a lot. If you took a tiny little seed, any kind of seed, watermelon seed, whatever you want to pick, and you set that seed on a table and let it sit there for a thousand years, it will just sit there. But if at any point you take that seed and you plant that seed, you shove it in the dark, cover it up in some dirt, what'll happen? Something miraculous happens. That seed, something goes off in that seed, the dark, 
the dirt and it germinates and is completely transformed. So you'll say, well, I'm not a Christian yet. I took my selfie, I'm dead. So what are you talking about? If you've never had seed planted before today, you got seed. But if you've had seed planted before today, it's in there, are you gonna get born? You say, well, how to get born? You respond to the Spirit of God and the seed that's been planted, the Word of God, and you say, okay, I will agree to your terms. Even as a six-year-old boy, I sat on the front row of a little church, and what did I hear? I heard that Jesus loved me, that he died on a cross, was buried and raised from the dead, and wanted to save me, and that seed was shoved in my little heart and mind, and I responded, and I said yes. And people always say it can't be that easy, and I always respond, easy for who? Easy for us, not easy for him, because it cost him his life to make that so simple. Of his own will, he brought us forth or begat us by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. One more, First Peter, and then we might be done. First Peter chapter 1, and let's jump in at verse 3. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. And by the way, there's a word that you can almost overlook without even thinking about the meaning of the word, and it's in verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and what? What does it take for seed to be planted? you got to have a male with seed to be the father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then if you read on, get down to verse 22 in that same chapter. Go back and read the rest of it. I'm not going to take the time to do it. Verse 22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out richardellistalks.com and Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk are you interested in getting born I'm about to help you get born I'm going to help you get out of that dark place into the light with a simple prayer alright here we go father I know that I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness I understand now for the first time maybe ever in my life that seeds have been planted or this is the first seed that I've ever picked up on, that you love me and you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, be buried and raised from the dead, to offer me the forgiveness of all of my sin, eternal life with you in heaven forever. Right now, I want to be born a second time. I want to see what I've been missing I want to be alive spiritually, not just physically. 
I want to be a part of your kingdom. And I don't just want you around me, God. I want you to move into my life, into my physical body. I accept the forgiveness of my sins. I receive this gift of eternal life, which is you in me. Come live in me, through me, change me from the inside out. And confirm to me that I am alive. I have been born a second time. And now let me get in on that abundant, full life that you intend for me and my life. And Father, for anyone else who is processing these things, and if they looked at that proverbial selfie, they would have to admit that they are still dead. But they know a seed has been planted, and I pray that you would bring these things to their remembrance, Lord, whether it's later in this day or somewhere down the road, that they would come to their senses and try to move into the light, which you are, and make a choice to get born a second time. We love you, we thank you, we praise you, we trust you, and we worship you. And we pray that we would worship you not just with our lips, but with our lives, and that we would not just be pro-birth, we would be pro-life in the real sense of the word. And we pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you, and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talks from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.